Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And today's episode is going to be one that I'm very excited to do. It's about the book Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. It was just recently released, and it's kind of like, if I'm not mistaken, kind of the conclusion to the trilogy of his books of uh, The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, and then now this one. I'm not sure if that's the correct order, if which one of them came first, but I know that he talked about of this being like a, a set of books, like a trilogy that, you know, kind of this one kind of wraps it all, having the, the other two in consideration. And um, just to kind of give an overview of what the book is about is, you know, like the title says, it's pretty much how to develop, first of all, why it's important to develop stillness in our lives how to develop it, and yeah, and kind of all the aspects of where you're going to develop the stillness. Also, like yeah. giving examples, like he always does, from people in moments in history that are, that if they had not practiced or, you know, used stillness in those moments, things could have gone very sour very quickly. But instead, yeah. they went like very good, you know, not, I'm not saying very quickly, but, you know, a big crises were averted due to that. Yeah. And by the way, that's like I th that's something I really enjoy in his books is he always gives examples for whatever subject he's talking about with very yeah. famous individuals and very important people in history, and that just makes it. I, I feel the message just connects so much better with me when I when I hear it from that point of view because it's real life consequences. Yeah, for sure. It's um so like for some examples, it's like Winston Churchill during World War Two and before that. Yeah, John F. Kennedy with the Cold yeah. War. And, and uh, more like sports, uh, like Tiger Woods as well. And, you know, we'll see some, you know, we'll see some of them. Yeah, Michael yeah, Jordan for sure. Holds, yeah. But um, I guess we'll start just with how uh, Ryan divides the book. And it's in like three parts. So it's mind, spirit, and body. And like achieving stillness in all these three, you know, these three aspects, which... Which I really liked because it's not, you know, it's sometimes there's a tendency to get stuck in just one field of, you know, just just think, you know, just think just the thought aspect of it or just the physical aspect of it. And the truth is, or the, the best approach that I feel like, you know, one can take and how he shows it is all of them. Because just, just for example, if you have a terrible posture and your back hurts all day, it's much harder to be still. Even if you're you're trying just to get through your mind there, and vice versa as well. So, <clears throat> pardon me. It's it's crucial to not get stuck in just one aspect of it because a lot of the when when you get into f philosophy and a lot of this this advice, it's very easy to just be like, well, fuck my body. You know why? You know, I'll just uh, you know, eat decently and just focus on developing my mindset. But it's you know developing your body it's a part of developing that mindset so yeah, it's directly yeah. connected there's no and i think we all notice this where situations where you where you kind of if you've not been working out and then you work out it's like your brain functions better you you're more mm -hmm. you know your mind's more clear you can focus better so you know yeah and that's even like proven but like there's been scientific studies on that and i guess we can this is uh, this is going to be a further chapter we're going to talk about, but there's a chapter entirely on walking. Like all all of these famous people historically did walks as a part of yeah. their daily routine. They walked a lot. They wrote like lots lots of famous writer philosophers. Their their best works came when they were moving 
out on the out in nature walking and they've even done studies on this and walking was shown as as effective as certain like pills for for depression like your cognitive they did cognitive tests and people who did a walk first before doing them did better on those tests so it's not even just like uh it's not even like speculation yeah. anymore this is something i think we all knew it was true up to this point because so many famous people from different cultures have been doing this practice that's usually a good sign that something oh, yeah, for sure. like works if people if different people from different cultures that have never been in touch with each other do it like that's usually a good sign that something works but now we have the, even the evidence supporting it yeah for sure and um i guess we'll just start at the beginning <laughs> as you would uh with uh jump right into it let's just jump right into guys and uh go to the so it's mind uh yeah the mind first and um i'll go straight into the, the chapter i don't know if it's the first but it's either the first or the second which is uh become present or be present and um it gives this example which is uh very you know not surprising but very spectacular what this woman did which she she had like she's an artist and she did this exposition where the main piece quote-unquote was she just sitting down on a chair for like eight hours per day and she would just stare at people for like 10 minutes at a time without bathroom breaks without breaks to eat she would just need like some one or two minutes to recompose herself between people and then she would just go again eight hours per day for i think it was seven seven hundred fifty hours i don't know if two weeks or something um i think it was something much more crazy than that yeah it was Let like just... years no years was it because I but I, okay it was something yeah, but it was something crazy. I can <laughs> search it while you, while you talk. Yeah, yeah. But um, so this woman, it was it was incredible because people would wait for hours in line just for these, you know, ten minutes of of pretty much yeah, presence. It, it was over seventy nine days. Yeah, so seven hundred and fifty okay. hours. Yeah. So crazy. Th- so that's insane because for you to do that just for one day, the amount of effort and just Mm-hmm. you know just strength that it requires to to be just looking at people not you know not eating not going to the bathroom not doing anything and that's yeah. why i think like uh, that it attracted so many people for so many days it's because you don't it's hard to find that in daily life especially i don't know if this was in new york i, th- I want to say it was, it was. Yeah. and um so it's one of the most chaotic places you can be in so it's not that many presents or being yeah. present in your in your daily life. So when you're there and you're just sitting in front of someone who's completely there, I'm assuming it was a big shock for most people. And uh because and it's funny because it, he, Ryan writes in the book how you know people would be there, they'll be very present for those ten minutes, but then they would just walk out and you just forget about it. Yeah. And you go back to your to your normal life. But for those ten minutes you kinda had a glimpse of you know of that stillness, of that that that's a key piece to do like uh, the best work we can do mm-hmm. and that's uh, I think a key point he focuses on throughout the book which is like it's not enough to just like do it one time you know it, it's not enough to you know w- these people that went and, and sat in front of this lady they, they they had that moment where they were like they were still for, for those yeah. 10 minutes 5 minutes whatever time it was they came out of there with a different perspective on life. But immediately, once they got into like the subway, the taxi, whatever they, they had to go to, to get to their jobs, 
I think, yes, like I said, most of them just forgot that. And that's really doing a disservice to you, to yourself, like people who do that, because we forget that life isn't made out of these, like, small moments, this, these big moments in your life where you get, like, a, a spiritual enlightenment or something. It's not at all about that. Those moments are important only if you use them to, to, to carry them into your daily life. If you yep. don't do anything about them, they're just like memories that they are there. It's like a pleasant memory you once felt completely present, but you don't want to. You don't want that to be like such a a remote memory that you feeling present is such an important milestone in your life. It should be an important milestone, but it shouldn't be the only time you you ever felt present. You know, after people did that, I feel like the only way to to really take advantage of that and to respect and honor the, the, that piece of art that that lady created was to bring uh, being present into their daily lives, actually implementing yep. practices and uh, like routines that helped them do that, stuff that actually made it real and concrete in their daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. And because the, the true struggle is that, is when you bring it to your daily life, when your phone is ringing and your email is just getting flooded, that's when it's hard to practice being present and actually just breathing in and f like even just breathing deeply when that happens is very hard because your, your body and brain just goes into like panic mode, just like, oh my God, I'm gonna, the emails, the texts, I'm gonna explode. But if you just were to, you know, take it slow, and presently, you would realize that, number one, you do things much faster and more effective. Because yeah. because you're not... Because a lot of this, like, when you feel like everything is so urgent, for the most part, it's not that urgent. Like, do you really need to answer that call right now for the most part? Do you really need to reply to the email five minutes after you received it? For the most part, no. And even if there are some that you do, it's not all of them. So you can... We can kind of, and I think with this, I can just kind of uh, segue to the next one, which is the next chapter: uh, limit your inputs. To to choose consciously, what are you gonna let kind of cause an impact in your life? What's gonna, what you're gonna allow to kind of bring a reaction from you? And he gives this example from Napoleon, the French general, and how he for so the mail he would receive, he would always tell like his not secretary, but his like assistant or whatever the person who took care of that, to just give it to him like two weeks only after or three weeks after they would receive them. Because most problems, they would get solved by themselves. And then if, it, and I think he said like, if it was that important, then somebody, they would find a way to make it to them, not just by mail. So, and that's very, you know, it's something that nowadays it's much harder to... Okay, it's much harder not to limit, but it's much harder because there's a lot of immediate stimulus. Even a letter just takes time, like the person writes and then it's delivered, a text message or an email or, you know, whatever it is, it's immediate. And you can see it immediate as well and re like reply immediately. So if you don't limit this, these inputs, it's very easy to become like, quote unquote, a slave to them. And to feel like you're always busy, but then you're never productive because you're just like dealing with um like urgent tasks that may not be that important yeah i think it's also going back on that why it's so prevalent nowadays i think it's also because it's so easy you know it's so easy to open up your mail or to check your 
Instagram or WhatsApp, WhatsApp notifications. It's, it's just a click away, literally. It takes about five seconds. And so it's very easy for you to excuse yourself uh, on doing that because in your mind, it's just like, oh, no, it's just five seconds I'm taking to, to answer this email, these texts or whatever. But those five seconds, one minute, five minutes, they add up throughout the day. And it's, yep. it's those, and not the only, besides the time that they themselves take, it's the time they take away from your productiveness. Because once you interrupt yourself with those kind of things, like you are very uh, open to whatever, whatever that notification may be. You know, you don't know what that notification is going to be. It may be someone getting mad at you, and that's just getting that angry text can be enough to derail you out of the deep work you were doing. You may be in a flow yep, state, and for sure. all it takes is just going to that notification, seeing a text that makes you angry, and boom, you're out of that flow state, which is so precious for anyone who's doing any type of. Um, important work in their lives so you not only have to take into account the time you take just opening messages which believe me throughout the day if you add it up it's a lot but you also have to add into account the time it takes away from your productiveness and that's i think yeah that's why fear of missing out is such a, a prevalent thing nowadays and something yep. people struggle so much with because first of all i think we, we aren't aware of the 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 harm it brings to us and also, it's the the fact that it's so easy for us to access it. And just to give you like a personal example, I was just recently I've been noticing. Well, not recently. I just had this realization this past week. But now that I look back into the past month uh, of my life, I can tell that I was increasingly, gradually increasing my use of my smartphone. And at the time, it's like it's stuff that happens really slowly. You know, it's. Every, every day you may like use it for an extra five minutes but once you had that to in the end of a, a month so just to put it into perspective like usually i used to i think use it at the most like one hour and a half a day and now in in, yep. in, in your phone you can see like the it does the average that you use it daily mm -hmm. and it went from one hour and a half to like three hours and a half it's, it's uh, something crazy Jesus. and i have like and this happened in front of my eyes you know i i had no idea it had gotten to this point and only when you see those numbers like in front of you can you actually like say to yourself whoa i did this 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 actually happened and i had no control over this or at least i thought i had no control over it at the time and now it's one of those things man just limiting it back to one hour it just gives me so much more sp like headspace so much more like time in my life and just so much more freedom it's crazy yeah and it's also and you see uh, if we're talking about restricting in general it's crazy because you see nowadays even uh, i think it's inside the book sapiens i saw this so there's almost double the people dying from obesity than there are from uh starving from hunger and you see so it's like people can't control their input <laughs> they're like mm -hmm. a food input kind of thing it's and it's the same and it's and while in a in a brain level, it's it will not kill you that literally. It will kill like your work. It will kill like your productivity. It will kill all progress because if you are like we're talking about like deep work and being you know if you're writing for three hours in a row and just being in that flow state, that cannot happen if you're checking your phone every ten fifteen minutes because it just disturbs it disturbs the flow of things. I notice sometimes even when I'm writing the articles, if I take a break to go to the bathroom. It's the kind of, you need a bit to get going again. Mm -hmm. So like, just imagine if you're always checking your phone, it's like you're never really there. And so kind of to conclude my thoughts on this, it's, it is crucial. 
it's not to not know to have no inputs but to like have these windows of time at least where you say like no i want to be on my phone on instagram checking all the notifications i'll consciously decide to just focus on one task and give it my all because if you just do that, you don't need to be all day doing that. You know, it's it wouldn't even be reasonable to think that. But if you just slowly implement it and in those periods focus on the most important task you were gonna do, then like things like product productivity just skyrockets. But it's you know it's not easy yeah. because as soon as the brain is like, wait, no quick dopamine right now, the first instinct will be like, oh, let me grab my phone again. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, it's hard coming back into it after like for me i was just using it three hours and a half a day so reducing it yeah. <laughs> i definitely felt like uh cravings to, to use it you know it's it's crazy because we don't think of it as like, like an addictive substance but you know it's that that's saying everything can become addictive it's like the, the human mind has the power to turn anything into an addiction and this is something that's very easy to turn into addiction because it's literally like you said, it's dopamine spike after dopamine spike. It's very easy. It's you getting immediate gratification, like the message. Like even if you like, just take time into like really look at yourself once you hear that bleep of a new notification, like that ding. It, it, like take the next yeah. like next time it happens, like you you hear that ding. Take take a moment like to actually experience what you are feeling when when that thing pops up, because you'll be surprised at how much of a thug. It, it, it has on your on your like on your will how much you want to go and check your phone after you hear that message it's such a it's like one of those like in the pavlov's dog experience when when they <laughs> hear the death bell you know they just want to go all out and, and and they start salivating from their mouths and they're hungry it's the same thing with us we hear that ding and we're hungry for that attention for even if we weren't even thinking about it now all of a sudden we, yeah. we have to check yeah, the yeah, notification yeah. like it's more important than anything we're doing right now you can be with your family having dinner and all of a sudden that phone is more important than that so yeah absolutely like, like you said it's yeah limiting your inputs so like so also because you have to limitate them so you have an enjoyable life and actually so that because those inputs sometimes they're helpful and you want to enjoy them so if you're always checking them they lose their value you know that thing if you're checking it every five minutes it loses its it's like its value over you it's it can be something, it can be a tool, you know? And if you use it too much, you just break it. Yeah, for sure. And and because one of the, the reasons that you want to limit those inputs is kind of going into the next chapter now. It's because that, that will allow you to empty your mind, which is the name of the chapter, empty the mind, uh, which is so this mostly on in, during tasks that require, uh, not necessarily, but so like sports, you would see this a lot. Uh, he gives the example of, uh, it was like this baseball player, um, Sean, yeah, Sean Green. He was like one of the best and he was hired to, for like a, one of like gigantic millionaire contract, like earning $15 million a year. And uh, he was going like through a dry spell, so he could not hit the ball. And um, a lot of it was due to just thinking too much, too much negative, just like a lot of thoughts blocking the him doing the action itself. And for him, like to fix this, he, he was like a uh, he practiced Buddhism. He was really into that, and so he, a lot of the talk is just to empty your mind. And for him, it was not a question of like, do, do does he need to change his swing or anything because he was good before. So it was just a question of being able to be in that moment and really just be there and not be thinking about like, oh my god, if I fail, I'm gonna get fired. 
and uh, what are people going to say? They're going to boo me. It's, it was like the ability to just let go of all of those things and just do the task. And um, kind of just linking it a bit to the previous chapter, if you're always getting notifications and you're trying to write or whatever you are trying to work in, it's your mind is never clear to be focused on that task. You're always like, oh, will I get a notification? Is it there now? Is it not there? And And while the stakes may not be as high for you right now as it was, for example, for him, they're still high because it's your own life. And for you, writing a paper would be kind of the equivalent of him hitting that ball that he's getting paid $15 million to do. It's like the equivalent of him like checking his WhatsApp before like hitting the bat. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the same thing, you know, it just sounds more ridiculous in this case, but it has the same impact. And that's actually what his problem was, you know, he was overthinking, overanalyzing before hitting the bat. And this is something I think, uh, like once you get to this uh, professional level, like he was, was at the top of his game and with any sport, you know, I think it becomes more mental than physical because they've already practiced everything that needed to be practiced, you know. They've put in the, the 10,000 yeah. hours. They are masters, like, they don't even have to think when they do whatever, like, if it's baseball, if it's MMA, if it's golf, you know, it's so ingrained in their body that it's automatic, you know. They, it, it just flows. Of course, you, you can't just, like, expect to go into something and already have that, but they have it. So And so their problem most likely isn't a physical one, you know. It, it's like, in this case, it was mental. He just needed to allow himself to do what he already knew how to do, which is he hit the bat. It was such a... It's like, for him, it was as normal for us. It's like drinking water, you know? It's picking up a glass of water. It's so ingrained in his body that the only thing he needs to do for it to work is allow it to happen. And the only way to do that is to clear his mind. And he, he has, a, in this particular chapter, is a, Ryan talks about a, a, a very good Zen proverb that this player had to say to himself to keep himself in the present, which was chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water. And he would just keep repeating in himself this, this, these phrases. Because it, once you get to that point, it's for him, it's as easy as like chopping wood and carrying water. It's, yeah. it's such a, a normal task for him. that That's why also I think it's why it's so hard once you get into one of those slums to come back. Because you have the memory of it being so easy. And so you just com- continue overanalyzing it and just thinking that it's about just fixing this technique problem, fixing that. And it's all in your mind because once he actually fixed it and he was able to be in the present, be zen when in the moment of the bat, he broke one, like one of the, the records of baseball. I have no idea yeah. how baseball works, but <laughs> yeah. I know it was something crazy. Yeah, it was one of the, the only like 14 players in history to do like six home runs in a game. I think it was that it. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I have no idea how baseball works at all, but I know that the home run is good. So <laughs> I know that is good. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because a lot of, and I noticed this like personal example, skateboarding, for example, which is, no, for example, when you're going to attempt a trick, I kind of compare it to baseball because it's like you prepare and then you go for it. It's not a thing like running where you're always doing it. And so when you go, when you're approaching the the, the obstacle you're going to do your trick on, you kind of you cannot be thinking about okay I'm gonna do this then hit my foot no you 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 may think about that before and practice that in your mind before but then in the moment you just have to let go and just let your body do what it needs to do which is kind of it's it doesn't sound very for for people who like to be in control is not doesn't sound very good because you're like what do you mean I don't I just let go and I just do 
but it's because because you're you can't be thinking your brain can think as fast as that's happening like especially in this baseball case like that ball is going at you at how 100 miles per hour i don't even fucking know it's so fast so it's not a question of, you can't think you just need to you know let yourself go into that moment yeah. all of this yeah, to your say body that, reacts first in your mind in yeah case. which is kind of a hard thing because i feel like the mind takes place but before and after this so analyzing um defining the routines to practice but when you're going through those routines to practice and the actual uh, moment itself it's kind of just like letting go of it and for for example yeah, the good, work is done previously yeah a good example for example floyd mayweather um the most turning boxer of all time and one of the if not the best of all time arguably like 50 50 zero is his record before the fights he's not sometimes he's just chilling on the couch watching tv he's not not practicing or not thinking about the fight he, because he knows he already did the practice the practice is all those years before and the the fight camp before the fight so you being just thinking about it it can hinder your it can it and it will hinder your your performance when it matters and it's it's crazy it's crazy because when uh athletes especially they are in this flow state you can see it perfectly for me it's like conor mcgregor versus eddie alvarez that fight for me for me just it's like he knows what the other guy's gonna do before it's just so smooth it flows so good and it's and he's so calm it's kind of like he knows he did the practice he knows what he needs to do there it's like he knows he's already gonna win so he's just he's just getting there right now and yeah. And it's crazy. And I, you, I think that's yeah. that's how any sport works, you know. The work is always done before, and the actual moment of the the competition, whatever it may be, it's it's the easy part, you know, because the the hard part is everything that comes up to it. The work has been done, you know. Now you just have to. The only thing you have to do now is execute, which yeah. in many cases it's such it's automatic for them, you know. When Conor McGregor gets in the ring, he he's not thinking about. I mean, he, he may have like little breaks where he, he may have like a strategy to find, predefined in his mind. Yeah, of course. In the moment where a shot is coming against him, he's not thinking, oh, I have to dodge <laughs> yeah. right. No, it's, yeah. it, it, it just happens, you know. The work has been done for those reflexes to be there. Yep. Now all he has to do is, is like, it's, like I say, it's, it's very much psychological once you get to that top level because it's just about knowing how to like protect yourself from yourself. It's actually a great quote in the book, in this chapter, about this, it goes like, that space between your ears, that's yours. You don't just have to control what gets in, you also have to control what goes on in there. You have to protect it from yourself, from your own thoughts. And that's like the the perfect description of what was happening with that baseball player, you know? It was all inside his mind. And once he controlled his mind, he started performing again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with that said, so the next chapter would be the... Slow down, think deeply. I don't know if you have anything for this. I have more for the journaling one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. I just like a, a quick side note into this. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I've never watched the the Mister Rogers like neighborhood show, and he talks a lot about it in this chapter. But I've, from what I've been hearing, they even like recently done a, a documentary on this. But it was just like one of the nicest guys ever in like the entertaining entertainment business. You know, it was just such a. He even talks about him further on in a, in another chapter, but all everyone he interacted with it, it's just like there's descriptions coming that it was like the the best human being we've ever <laughs> dealt with and so it just makes me happy like you, you we hear so many of those cases of like you can think about bill cosby and yeah like so many like entertainment business that entertaining people that were disgusting 
and you kind of forget that there's also people like this, you know, that they're just like impeccable human beings and they actually deserve what they have. So just like a quick positive side note on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's why I re definitely recommend you read the book for all these practical examples that he gives. Mm -hmm. And uh, But now I think uh, this one was really, I really like the start journaling. And um, if you follow Stoicism, which you probably do, and you, like the podcast is mainly focused about that, one of the most, you know, the best Stoic books is literally just a journal of Marcus Aurelius. It was just to get that started. That was his, if you don't know, that just his thoughts and is him journaling because it was never intended to come out. And you see, like, that's kind of him giving advice to himself. And what I noticed in, you know, journaling more now, I th actually, I don't think I've ever journaled before. It just helps so much with just clearing your mind and just kind of moving on from thoughts that a lot of times they repeat themselves and it's like things get made clear to yourself how problems you're kind of uh, struggling with get made clear when you start writing about them and you whether it's and there's a lot of ways to like journal but like ryan says it's just just fucking do it you know that's just the best way just <laughs> buy just buy a notebook and a pen and just start writing about it. like whether it can be like things you're grateful for or just how you, or your day went because once you get in that rhythm and that flow of it, then you'll just like things will just start coming out. Yeah, it's it's one of those like very underrated practices, I think, because it's apparently so easy to do and so simple. It takes like five to ten minutes for me. In my case, it's like in the morning. But it's so important for you to hit off your days right. You know, it's just it's like Tim Ferriss has a very fun expression that he uses to describe this, which is like clearing out the monkey mind yeah and it's kind of like how i think about it you know in the, before you do like before you're journaling your mind is just like chaotic all over the place and you don't even know like you sometimes you don't even know if you're really feeling stuff or it's just like all the chaos is making you feel something and once you actually like jot it down and put it down on paper all of a sudden you can look at it like logically and sometimes yeah you may be feeling bad and that's just what's happening sometimes i've most times i just figure out oh i'm not actually feeling bad it's just I had this chaos in my mind and I had to put it down on paper. And now that I look at it, it's not that bad. But whatever the case may be, you always come out of it still yep. and more prepared to face your day, you know? Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of these, I've been noticing with myself, the, the more I get away from electronic devices, the easier also it is to find that stillness. Because there's literally no stimulus there at all. <laughs> like a, a blank piece of paper. And you with a pen or even a book, it just it, there's stimulus, but that's it. There's no like unexpected things to come. It's already all there, and and what I notice is that at the beginning it's very hard, and so journaling helps with that a lot of, especially if you've been in like a dopamine rush for all your life or for <laughs> the past few weeks days. A lot of these like bad emotions will arise just because you're not getting very extreme ones all the time. I feel like, and so. Just to kind of give my two cents on journaling, I for me it's like I definitely recommend. Even if you don't do it regularly, regularly, just start and see how it feels. Just do it one time. Don't, you don't need to buy a journal. Just yeah. you know, rip a piece of paper from somewhere and just do it, and you'll see. Is that it's like life slows down for me. That's what kind of happens, and it's like it's like yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely I relate to what you said about like the technology aspect of it not if i'm reducing like drastically my time that i spend yeah. on my phone it's just everything gets easier you know it's easier for me to, to be 
quiet. There's not the, always that constant thug of having to be doing something. And it's definitely, there's something to be said to that because it's something so prevalent. You know, everyone, I think the average someone uses their phone is like four hours a day. And if you think about it, like, uh, that's crazy. If you're using your phone that much, of course you're not going to feel calm. And of course, there's, why that, that's why there's so many anxiety problems, you know. No one can sit still anymore. And I think your smartphone is like the biggest, for me, it's the biggest part of the equation, yeah. you know. I'm con- I'm like thoroughly considering just n- buying one of those like old phones that have yeah. no apps and just using my smartphone for yeah. posting. Like actually a funny funny like apart so my phone the yeah. charging of it's kind of broken so for the past like four days i had no phone and it's just my it's like life <laughs> is so much better it's there's no yeah that's crazy that, that's there's what I mean, no you know? yeah. once you like realize that is it that important because yeah, it's like know? a lot of instagram things i need i already have some extensions on the computer like i can post from the computer i can answer messages from the computer what the fuck yeah, you can so, do that? You know, that's, if you guys need just yeah, that's like the if you guys need to search like um, direct message Chrome extension and post on Instagram Chrome extension. Yeah, I think that's just a much healthier yeah. way of doing it, you know. And it's crazy. Like I've always like thought about like just not having a smartphone as something weird and and crazy. But the more and the more I think about it, it just seems better, you know, a healthier yeah. choice. Because like you said, like I think it was also for me it was a similar thing. The first time I was actually exposed to that was also when I was abroad and, like, my phone stopped <laughs> Of course, working. always. And I, like, at the beginning, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, this is going to be such a trouble. Like, it's such an inconvenience. It wasn't, you know? I could still talk with people one way or another. I, I had Skype yeah. on my computer. I, like, I managed life, and it was so much better, yeah. you know? And it's Yeah, crazy. for the most part, you always this find small, a way. It's not like... Yeah, this small block of, like, a hunk of plastic can have such a, a negative impact on your life. I think it's, like, everything. It's a tool. It's difficult yeah. Because it it can certainly it has benefit benefit humanity, but like you need to know oh, how to yeah. use it. It's the yeah, same thing 100%. with food, you know. It's like you need to eat food, but yeah, but not that much food. You fat piece case, of shit, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, in this case, it's like it's the same thing. It's your mental <laughs> yeah. diet, you know. Stop eating so much junk, junk information. Information, you know. It even talks about it in the book. Limit yourself to like good information sources, and you won't feel as shitty every day because you'll actually be exposed to good things and yeah. you know going back to this chapter like you know who who has like the biggest like the most famous diary of all times like exclu- excluding marcus aurelius it's anne frank you know this girl was a victim of the holocaust she was lo- locked in a in a uh, yeah in a haddock like for two or three years or something like that living in constant fear and she still found time to journal and it, while journaling she still found life yeah. be- beautiful if you like Read excerpts from uh, her journal. She, she, you, she would have, she would have this friend, and they were like the, the only thing they have to look at out to look at the outside world was a window, and they'd marvel at the when it was autumn and seeing the leaves fall, and just I think that's only possible when you you, you write this stuff down, you know, when your mind is quiet enough for you to appreciate th- those things. Because if you're always like stimulus, stimulus, phone, computer, like you don't. Yeah, it's like make it's like time, time doesn't exist. It's things. all time is wasted. Like uh, there, I would say it's literally all wasted there. And and now that I'm doing yeah. this thing without smartphone, not by option, I'm I'm reconsidering it. Like, how much do you actually need this? Because because if you can have like answer Instagram, a lot of the things that you you think you need, you could very easily just tell people, yo, I'm not using like WhatsApp anymore. Just don't con- contact me there, or you know. 
don't yeah message me like yeah. directly. don't reach me through here anymore or even if you don't like whatever <laughs> like is that important if people really need to reach you they'll find a way they have your number they have your facebook or other things and so it's just because mm-hmm. also a lot of for example like putting a lot of instagram stories if you're always focused on that and taking pics and shit it's not like you're not really there you're not really in the moment you're just like looking for things that people will like that you'll post it's not you're not looking at them for them and so and I, th- I think there's even an example for example ed sheeran like the the most heard musician in the world right now or at least like top three he doesn't have he doesn't have social media i don't think so, or he doesn't manage any of it he has a, i don't think he even has email he only has like cell phone that's it he con- or at least he had when he did an interview for his last album so like he, the, one of the most popular people on earth and he doesn't he's not reachable pretty much and yeah. you know, yeah, and that's the only way to do it, you know, because he would he would go crazy if like if he has access yeah. to all the messages and millions of people trying to get into like into reach with them, you know, you just you go crazy, and that's like an extreme case because yeah, we're not, most of us we're we not are, that like, true, yeah. we know we don't have millions of people trying to contact us, and and so like it's easier for us, you know, because we don't have millions of people trying to. Con- There's not much you're losing, you know. Let's be yeah. honest, if you're the average person. But what do you lose by not having Instagram? You know, you you, you like you, you don't brag about yourself, which is good. Like most of the times, whenever people post on Instagram, is to, to kind of like try to appear something that they aren't, and you're not exposed to other people doing that. So it's usually a win-win, you know. And so yeah, like like you, I've been reconsidering the the yeah. use of a smartphone, and I think I'm yeah, I'm strongly pondering just you know getting using it only like. I don't know, man. I don't even. I don't know. I'm just like I don't, I'm still I haven't made my mind if I even want to keep it or just like get a one of those like very old phones where you can only yeah like a Nokia and, a Nokia Stone use for calls and like yeah and maybe just like get take the SIM card out of my phone and just use it as like a a step tracker because that's something we'll get I think farther in the book but like you just yeah. use it as that because no for sure because I what I think this allows is um to it it allows you more time also to be silent and like going to the next chapter which is cultivate silence because it's very hard when when there's always stimulus and i noticed this very hard to just to really say okay now i'm gonna take 10 minutes to just be silent or to be in silence to just you know go for a walk with it which we'll get into later in the book and a lot of the and you notice just before i say what i wasn't gonna say nowadays if you live in a big city you really never have silence and it's crazy because I remember uh, going to this a school trip when I was 16, I think, to like a France, this Christian village kind of thing, uh, you know, a Christian, whatever. And you would like volunteer there, you help them cook and whatever, and then you're just there with them. But there's no, you know, there's no cell phone, there's no computer, there's almost no like electronic shit. And it's very silent because it's in the middle of nowhere. And they have like these chapels, like silence chapels and I think that's the name. And I never in my life before or ever again after been in a place so silent. And it's almost scary because in normal life, you never have that. You never, there's always like, even if it's the the the, the buzz of the refrigerator, there's always something. And there, when there's nothing, you really, it's it's quite peaceful and scary at the same time. But I think that, of course, you can't cultivate that that much for most people. 
but just by cultivating at least a bit of it or more than you have right now, it's like your thoughts become clearer. Everything gets more clear. Even when you're thinking, it's like you're listening to it better. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's... It... Yeah, it does. I, I relate because I've been there. I know what that feels like. And I definitely think what you, because the, diff- the big difference from there and the outside world is the environment there, there is oriented for you to have silence. Here in the outside world is the, the exact opposite, you know? Everything is oriented for silence to not exist. And so the difference is there, the yeah. environment creates it for you, and here you have to create it for yourself, you know? Because you can still create those times of silence for yourself, you know? You just wake yep. up earlier, it's, you know, if you don't live... I mean, if you live in the, like in the middle of the city, I don't think you can ever have that extreme thing. But even just waking up earlier, sitting down like in, in a chair in your room, you know, you, you experience a bit of that. There is... And you can cultivate those moments throughout the day. But and the ironic thing, I think, with that place is, and you know this just as I do, all of our colleagues and people that went there, they always say that, God, <laughs> oh, that's the best week of my life. And they when, they, when they leave, they're crying and they're just like, everything sucks. And it's crazy. And when they are not there, they're always talking about being there. But they never take the time yeah. to think, what makes it so good? You know, is it, I don't want to bash on religion, whatever, this is not what it's about. Is it really about like the Holy Spirit or is it that you just made some quiet time for reflection? You know, most of these people, they feel so good because that's the only time in their lives they've ever really stopped in silence and reflected. And that's why it's such a powerful experience. That's why so many people love it and want to go back to that place. But the the funny thing is they miss the entire point of the place, which is, you can create that for yourself. The, you don't need to go to this place to feel that, you know. It helps as a, an awakening experience, but it's the same thing with the, the first chapter we talked about. It means nothing yeah. if you don't carry it into the daily world. Yep, you know? and I, I find it interesting as well that. because the book, if you've noticed, it's like everything is building on top of each other. Every previous chapter is kind of building, yeah. you know, like the previous one, if you do that one, then you can go on to the next one and they all kind of help each other. Because, and that's why, like, I really, like, for me, this book's probably top 10, at least, books that I've ever read. It's so, it's just so, like, you're reading, it's like, yes, this all makes sense. And it's, or I don't know if it's just the, it catched me in the right period of my life, which probably did. But it's just so, I'm like, I'm really surprised. And because, like, Ryan Holiday is, I think, 31 or 33 or something like that. Like it's so young. Like how is how is this man writing this at at thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, whatever his age is? But I feel like a lot of it's just because he all allowed a lot of time for that. For you know, he lives in a farm, and like you know, even that, like even he goes away from it, of course. But he lives in a farm where he's just like feeding his animals and taking his and hunting and taking his kid for walks and stuff like that. Because that is how. Even if it's not. Uh, silent it is still 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 it's still um great sentence right there yeah and just like a quick side note that's the difference between that's why he is so at peace with himself that's like the, the key word you said he lives he lives in a farm mm-hmm. he goes out to the outside world most people do the opposite yeah. thing, you know they live in the outside yeah. world and they go to the yeah, farm sure. quote-unquote once in a while you know he just flipped it on his head because he, he realized it soon, sooner than most people that like most like what most people really want is stillness. They just don't know that they want it, or they just they just can't see it immediately. He just 
realize it soon enough. And that's why I think he's so mature and so wise at a young age because he lives lives what he preaches. And yeah, it just it's, it's quite literal that he lives he's living what he's preaching. And no technical difficulties. <laughs> um, I lost you there. I'm not uh, hearing you now for a second. Oh, ok, fuck. I, Caga, dá, I, I damos um corte e depois eu faço outra vez, mas não estou a ouvir. So, ok. Não estás a ouvir agora? Não, não estou a ouvir. Deixa-me. Deixa não, não pares de gravar, deixa-me só desligar a chamada e ligar outra vez. Ok. E eu não estou a ouvir. Yeah, yeah. Estás a ouvir agora? Ah, ok. Uh, Dá-me só um... O que é que estavas a falar antes de coisa? Pois, foi... onde é que tu me paraste de ouvir? Estavas a falar do Ryan Oliver, depois eu... Não, tipo, assim, não ouvi o início. Mas, pá, começa daí, tipo... Eu depois dou um, um pretext para o corte. Pode, okay, quando tá. quiseres. Okay, so uh, we had like a small difficult technical but I was talking about Ryan Olvey and why he is so wise compared to most people his age. And I think it's quite literally because he's living what, what he's preaching, you know. He lives in a farm as opposed to mm -hmm. living in a city and going to the farm once in a while. He actually discovered that what's more important in his life for him is really that, you know. It's having time with his family, with his wife, uh, doing, having enough quiet space for himself. And yeah, for sure. And I think, like, going, well. like, like, uh, yeah, because all this builds on top of each other. After this, then he talks the next chapter, which is, um, seek wisdom, which is once every, like, you've cleared everything, now the input you want to give to yourself is, like, good input. Because a book it's, it has much more wisdom than you scrolling Instagram for 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and just a, like a, a side note before we move on to that, still on the, the silence chapter, there's like this, it gives this amazing example, which is like people on airplanes. They are like in a, he describes it as a, a metal womb of a jumbo jet traveling at 600 miles per hour. And, you know, it's an amazing like feature of technology, yeah. of humanity. Like it's crazy that you're in the air flying literally. And it's filled with people trying to avoid silence. You know, everyone in the plane, no one is sitting there just doing nothing. Everyone, you have your, your, you have your headphones, you have a, even a book, you have, you have the, the screens on the plane playing a movie, food. There's always this distraction. And he has this amazing thing. He says yeah. they'd rather watch the same bad movies again and again or listen to some inane interview with an annoying celebrity than stop and observe what's happening around them. They'd rather close their yeah. mind than sit there and have to use it. And that's such a good description of what I think smartphone does to me and to most people. Is you'd rather close your mind than sit there and actually have to use it. And that's so powerful, you know. You you would rather 
consume dumb shit yeah. than have to sit there and think about stuff. And that's why I think it's so important. No, for like, sure. And yeah, like that's a great example. I, I don't didn't even remember it, but yeah, because like it's I feel like it's just at the beginning it's so hard to just because it's like ah, if I think and this shit's kind of uncomfortable. I'll just watch I don't know the hangover again or some dumb movie and <laughs> but yeah but i think moving on like um yeah. you know I, I feel like after you find the sounds and after you've done all these things then comes the thing like the wisdom part which which is finding that good input to to give yourself which is most of the time it's like in books of of people that have gone through a lot and then found those still moments to sit down and write these books and for me it's always crazy how you can have books, for example, from Marcus Aurelius, his personal, the personal journal of the most powerful man in the planet at the time, and it costs like two dollars on Kindle. You can have this for two dollars, or you can go and like, for example, Richard Branson. You can have his biography of one of the most successful businessmen of all time for like fifteen dollars, and then it's like it's so cheap for for what you're getting. It's so cheap. Yeah. Like one good book will change your life. And it will cost you like a dinner out. That's it. For me, for example, like the, the seven habits of highly effective people for me. That book cost me 15 euros at the time. And I'm still reading it today, like five years after. And like really like getting new pieces of advice and life-changing advice. And it's crazy that this person decided to put all of that for 15 euros a pop, basically. And that's why comparing that to... You know, of course, like yeah. you can watch free videos on YouTube and just entertain yourself with that. And not saying that you'll never do that because I think I feel like all of us you'll you know do that and there's no problem with that. But if you don't cultivate the time and the space to actually take in the good the good wisdom, like wisdom information, then it's like it just feels like everything is wasted time. It's like you're not watching those videos to kind of relax and recover, you're just watching them to avoid something. Yeah, it's the same I'm not hearing same you again. We talked about in the previous chapter. It's like it's closing your minds. What the fuck? Why though? Nope. But I. I said it. What the fuck? Nope. Tá a ouvir? Nope. Eu vou desligar, ligo outra vez. Espera, sim, não estou a ouvir. Não.
Bro. We just want a party. Party just for you. We just want some money. Money should be free. I know you want again. This shit don't work. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Okay. Eu gosto estava a pensar, podemos fazer, tipo, dividir Agora, este sim. livro em três e faço, tipo, cada parte um. Yeah. Pois é, está a pensar. Se yeah. Estávamos, acho que podemos fazer, todos, fazer, tipo, Wisdom e... Capítulos. Sim, é, os outros dois e pronto. Acabamos. Portanto, acho que podes, tipo, continua de onde eu, tipo, eu acabei, eu acabei, yeah. o que é que eu acabei de dizer? Tipo, eu cortei-te logo... Um... Ah, yeah, tipo, continua o que tu ias dizer daí, porque tipo, eu cortei-te logo, portanto, yeah. quando quiseres. Yeah. Ok. Ok, 3, 2, 1. So, yeah, that's why I think books are like the, yeah. the most, like the best invention you, you, of humankind, you know? It's just so crazy how you can get that condensed amount of knowledge for such a, a cheap price. And... That's why it's so important for you to use it, you know? It's like the best invention we... Or, or at least top five inventions man has ever come up with. So take advantage of it. And it's like... Like he says in the book, you know... Br the brain is like a muscle. If you don't train it... If you don't wrestle with the big questions, the big ideas... If you don't treat your muscle, your brain like a muscle and get stronger... Just like any muscle, through resistance and, and exposure and training... It, it will weaken out, you know? If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't think about the big questions in life if you don't if expose yourself to new ideas new concepts new philosophies and, and wisdom you lose the ability to think and that's something you never want to lose because like i, I just like an ex, a personal experience yeah the best things i've ever learned came from a book you know they i i i was spared a lifetime of mistakes because i read a book and i was able to learn that lesson before yep. dying you know and that's crazy once you think about <laughs> it and like and there's still millions of books for me to read that's that's crazy and fascinates me and and if you don't use that you know you're just putting yourself at a massive disadvantage you know you're just not taking part use a hundred percent of the and arguably yeah, the best it's just that yeah it's because it requires all the other previews so you can actually sit the fuck down and read a book that's the thing <laughs> you it's very hard to go from a, a <laughs> marathon of playing video games and browsing to Instagram to just like I'm gonna sit down for an hour and read uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius it's not it's like that's not gonna happen because even if you manage you're just gonna <laughs> the whole time be thinking about the next time you're gonna go to your phone or to your computer and everything but um, with that being said I think we can um, move to the next one which is uh, if I'm not mistaken find confidence avoid ego or reject ego and um, so he gives the example of yeah. Uh, the the starting example of David and Goliath, where it's like if you probably know, but it's like the tiny guy versus a gigantic guy, uh, David being the small one, and like he gives the example of like mm -hmm. David, even though he was scared, even though you know he knew it was very risky, he was confident that he would do it, and even them proposing like oh uh, use this armor, he rejecting it because he had conf he had confidence in his abilities without the armor, but with it you like no I can do this with that, so. Uh, the the here I feel like this is such um 
it's hard to separate or to find where one stops and the other starts because a lot of times they go hand they they're kind of they mix up a bit because it's very easy to you know it's it's very hard to distinguish between a guy a person or you yourself being very confident and or having a, a big ego it's but the thing i would say is like confidence comes from confidence comes from you knowing you have the ability to do that thing and then ego is kind of like you boasting yourself more because of that kind of thing it's kind of you being yeah. or because yeah go for it i think ego, ego comes from insecurity you know it's once you like i think you only have to boast yourself up when you don't believe you can do something because if you're truly confident in something you don't need to go around and talking about it to people you know yeah because it's just you already know it the ego is kind of like trying to convince yourself of something that's the the main distinction and yeah it's a fine line because you don't want to be insecure but also you don't want to be uh living an illusion of yourself and he has a great quote here in this chapter it's don't feel insecurity and don't feel delusions of grandeur both are obstacles to stillness like be confident be confident you've earned it but only be confident confident if you've earned yep. it you know yeah and be also aware of the we yeah like the weaknesses don't let ego mask them just because you're very good at something always know that you have the weaknesses which is not it's not like something to be ashamed or anything it's just because if if you're not conscious then they can be exploited like taking this to the most extreme example if this is like a comp competitive scenario or something like that so because usually the best like let's say in sports is the guy that knows very well his strengths but also his weaknesses so that he can avoid playing to the weaknesses and you know maximize playing to the strengths so for me that this chapter is kind of like pretty much that and um and then we, which leads us to the the final chapter which is letting go which is you know it's like it builds on top of everything else before and this is kind of the same not the same but it's I would say quite similar to um, which one was it? Where the the baseball one? I don't remember the the exact chapter, but it, it oh, like clear your mind if I'm not mistaken. I think it is. Yeah, this is kind of I say like expanding a bit on it, and it gives the example of like this archery. Empty the mind. Yeah, this gives the example of the archery teacher, where he would his students would come to him like, "Oh, what's the technique? What? How do you do it?" And he would only teach them the technique after putting them through a lot of just shooting the bow and arrow without any goal just shooting that shit out into the open so they can could let go of any outcome they they had so they could be really in the moment of just doing that focused on the movement focused on the task at hand because the the main thing is that it's of course like i i wouldn't be as extreme as to say that you shouldn't have a goal or anything but you sh you kind of need to be able to not see that while you're doing the things because then that's where I think like ego and all that comes into play as well. If you're very attached to a certain outcome, then that just starts boiling up. And you see, I feel like with a lot of sports competitors that are very, that have that a big ego, you'd see like, for example, Tiger Woods before, if something would go bad, he just smash his clubs into the floor and just get super upset because he was very attached to a certain outcome. For example, in this case, because he was so good, he would be able to, you know, actually win. But for most people, that wouldn't work. You just get upset and then you lose everything. Yeah. And uh, it's, he has a, like a good quote also in this chapter. I'll, I'll read it. If we aim for the trophy in life, be it recognition or wealth or power, we'll miss the target. 
If we aim too intensely for the target, as Kenzo warned the students, we will neglect the process and the art required to aid it. What we should be doing is practicing. What we should be doing is pushing away that willful will. And it's that, you know, it's losing yourself in the, in the process and eventually getting to the goal. Because, bottom line, that's the only way it's going to be worth yep. it, you know. It's only worth it to achieve your goal if you lose yourself in the process. Like if you lose yourself in the process because you enjoy it so Absolutely. much, that's the only way a goal is actually enjoyable. You know, when it comes and after it comes, and all the moments before uh, after them. Because if you just do something you hate and and just because you want to have something, you know you'll regret it after, after yep. you have it. But if you just get it because it's just a, a byproduct of you doing what you like, that's 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 life. You know that's. That's what life is all about. That's 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 true joy and purpose. In yeah, because opinion. it's not even a question of getting it or not. It's a lot of these people you see, like giving these two examples, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan, where both of them were always very unfulfilled by getting it. And you see, or there was a lot of um, bad things related to to winning and to doing the sport itself. So I feel like the goal, because I would say it's better to win less, but be much more content. And satisfied than to win everything but always be unsatisfied and feel like you're not enough because you need more. So with that, for me, yeah. uh, we're gonna go and divide the the book into three podcasts since it's three, you know, three big chapters. And so this was the mind one. The next will be the spirit, if I'm not mistaken. And then it will be the body. So, you know, uh, look forward to that. Uh, next week will not be that. It will be random topic and then back to the book and then you know like that as you guys probably know uh with that being said i don't know if you have any closing thoughts on this kind of big chapter no i think we've kind of talked about it throughout all of the chapters yeah. and they all it's like yeah it's like you said in the beginning it's just it's it's also such an easy book to make a podcast yeah. about you know because everything flows out of itself yeah for sure uh so with that being said uh, this was the searching for meaning podcast um and we'll see you next week for more. Bye-bye. Bye.